Welcome to the Cardboard Podcast, where we discuss the world of shiny cardboard. Are you bored? Then let's talk cardboard. Now here are your hosts, Big Ziff and Metaman. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Cardboard Podcast. I think, is this episode three, Ziff? Are we only on episode three? This should be episode three, yeah. <laughs> took a, a short intermission, but we are back. Yeah, sorry we've been so inconsistent. We're still figuring it out, but we're going to try to settle on a real day and time so that we can bring you all a more consistent podcast. Mm -hmm. So thanks for listening again. Uh, I think I wanted to start like just asking you how Emerald City Comic Con was because I know you made it there and it looked like you had a great time. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I think to just like get it out of the way, I think in general... Uh, to to start, I had a very very fun, exciting time. Uh, but I think in general, I I had this feeling that like certain conventions or or even going on vacation, sometimes I feel like I'm not really as into it, or that I maybe won't enjoy it or whatever. But I've noticed that when I do kind of go out of my way to go do those things, I'm like, why you know why don't I go to more con- or conventions <laughs> more often or why don't I take vacation more often? Those sorts of things. So if you have one in your area or you know that you can fly out to one for MetaZoo or or PAX or any of those sorts of events, I highly recommend it because I had a blast. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. I got to meet a lot of MetaZoo peeps, not only the staff, but also just people that I've known since I joined in February, which is a very weird not weird experience, but it's cool because like, so for an example, like Emilio Nostalgia Collectibles, for any of you who know, he does really good. He's a metazoologist first off, but he also in the past before he worked or worked with MetaZoo, he made really good, like informative videos on MetaZoo. And he also did some of the market stuff when I was doing it. And now he does more like gameplay stuff, which I think is really important. But for some reason, when I saw him in the videos, I thought he would be like 5'8 or 5'7 or he's something. He's tall Just, as hell, right? He's hella he's tall. He's like 6'3, bro, or like 6'2. Yeah. <laughs> he's taller than me. I was like, what? Yeah. But he he was one of my favorite people to meet, honestly. He's like, he's like not any different than the way I've interacted with him online, you know, which was pretty solid. So there's I some be- people who are like kind of like fake personalities. Not saying anyone at the MetaZoo booth was, but I'm saying it was cool to like meet Emilio and Mario and Texas Ted and a couple of those guys and Poncho, you know, I had a really fun time meeting those people. Um, and yeah, and just the event as a whole was really well organized, you know, since it's during COVID, they, they do a really good job of, you know, I had to go down the street, um, to, they had like a hotel that was not in the convention center where people would check in and bring their vaccination card and they give you a wristband and you know it's all like regulated like that and you go scan your pass and go back so it, i was pretty impressed by how like professional they do it with you know hundreds and thousands of people and i don't know i i was impressed not only by that but also just seeing all the artists and booths and people dressing up and just like people as into it as i was i think was really cool to see um it's kind of just like nerd wonderland where you can just and i was just by myself so i was kind of just like walking around doing my own thing it was a lot of fun it's like being in like a theme park but specifically for uh 
you know, trading cards, movies, comics, all that sort of stuff. So it was really cool to see. And I don't know. I, I definitely highly recommend it to anyone who, you know, has a couple hundred bucks and they're willing to fly out somewhere or it's just coming to a city near them. I would highly recommend going because um, it definitely makes me want to go to more in the future. And I learned how to actually play MetaZoo. <laughs> yes, you can play the game. No and way. I actually had way more fun than I thought I would. Um, I will say, you know, learning like some of the traits and stuff, which again, shout out Emilio. He does some good videos on like going over that stuff. Learning some of the traits and stuff for the cards is a little bit uh, daunting or intimidating. But they had um, MetaZool just there and, and people that were helping people learn the game and stuff. And once you kind of learn that stuff, the actual gameplay aspect is really straightforward like attacking and stuff. Um, so I, I had a lot of fun playing it. And I came back the next day and wanted to play more, actually. So I played like two more games Nice. Um, afterwards. So yeah, I got to say, I was impressed by the convention itself. I was impressed by Mike's team and the way they run the show, even without him being there for that case, because I think he had, he had to focus on some other stuff. Um, and they had the NFT drop and stuff. So I think he didn't actually end up flying out, but getting to meet the team and how they see how they run it and stuff. I was very, very impressed. Emilio's dope. He actually sold me my Kickstarter booster box, uh, you know, six, oh, no seven way. months ago. So I got a Kickstarter booster box from Emilio. He gave me a great deal on it um, at the time. And he's only a couple hours away from me. He's in the Bay Area and I'm like a little south of the Bay Area. So I've been meaning to go up to like an LGS and meet up with him and actually like get some games in and learn how to play myself. So I'd really like you to still do that should, at, at some point. I feel like I was just, for the longest time, I like wouldn't, I kind of skimmed the rule book, but I wouldn't like read that in depth into it. And I feel like I was just like, it's going to, you know, it's going to take me hours or whatever to learn this. And you literally like, I mean, your first game will be like one to two hours, which is totally fine. But it's, it's like a fun learning process, I think. And you kind of, you start to figure out like why cards are are worded the way they are or how they work together, which was really, really cool. Do and people some play cards multiplayer? Are just completely broken. Yeah, I guess you can do up to four players or something, which okay. I don't really know. Like, I don't know how people wouldn't be like teaming and stuff, but maybe you could do like 2v2s or something. But I've, you know, for like competitive and stuff, I'm assuming they only do one versus one. Well, case. I mean, like, that's how Commander is in Magic. Uh, mm -hmm. The Commander format is usually, like, around four players, and it's, like, probably the most popular Magic format now, especially among, like, casuals and stuff. It doesn't really happen in tournaments. Yeah, but... that's that's what kind of appealed to me was, like, the casual play of MetaZoo is, like, actually really fun, too. It's, like, I don't, I don't really see myself wanting to go competitive in that sense, but now I've kind of opened another door to where... Even when I just, like, this whole week, I had, like, the sudden urge to, like, rip all my Nightfall booster boxes. So I literally ripped five yeah, booster boxes what? of Nightfall. <laughs> nice, dude. That's and awesome. I just, like, as I was doing it, I was actually genuinely reading the cards and, like, the flavor text and stuff. And I was kind of, like, internalizing how that would actually be used in-game, you know, for certain decks and whatever. Not, like, overall decks, but just, like, it's kind of fun to, like, get that 
a little more invested in that way, I think. Bro, I could not agree more. I think any game that you're collecting, you should at least do the bare minimum and have like a peripheral understanding of how the game is played. So you yeah. can at least like evaluate cards to 100%. some degree. You don't and have I've to jam a million before. games. It's but... like the, the again, it, it goes both ways. It can also open up a door inside of collecting to know those things. You know, you'll know when the next set comes out, you'll know what certain cards are already strong or useful or like going to be sought after already, you know, hundred percent could be a common card or whatever, but like, it's still, I think it's good to know those things. And again, it's, it's almost just like you're more invested in it in that way. Um, and I think it really just kind of drives the, the passion overall. I, I know that I like was kind of in like a, a collector slump recently and like, wasn't that into it. And like, I, I still do kind of feel like I'm just kind of spending money on things that I don't really need or want. Um, but I think something like that, like learning to play and stuff kind of brought me back to earth a little bit. And that's probably why I ended up ripping some of those nightfall boxes is because it's like, you know, if I really want more, I can get more at some point. It's, you know, even if they go up a little bit in price or something, they're at like 200 bucks right now, which isn't terrible. And oh, dude, that's just, like, such I a wanted to like, I wanted to feel that sort of, you know just just being able to rip things and casually enjoy it like that like not everything i need to like hyper invest in or whatever just because i was in early or whatever you know like i need to actually enjoy it a 100 percent, dude if you like the cards if you like collecting any card game why would you not want to learn at least some of the fundamentals of how the game is played you know yeah but 100%. psa psa to everyone listening nightfall booster boxes this is the time to pick them up 100 yeah. percent. like Dude. Yes, before Wilderness. Because if you think about it, I guarantee this is the way I think about Wilderness. If it's actually a 100K print run, I'm assuming, assuming here, that things will have to be within like 10 to $20 of MSRP, even post launch, you know? Like, I don't see a world in which Wilderness boxes are 200 apiece, unless the only circumstance I can see it going up like that is if someone like Logan Paul or something like really gets invested, you know, and then the actual amount of people in this space in MetaZoo increases like double, you know? Yeah. Um, otherwise, I just, I kind of see it in the MSRP range. But the reason I'm saying that is because there's still people like me or, you know, Susie and Johnny who are still ripping like 10, 15 Nightfall boxes every couple of weeks or they, they're doing their whatnot streams and ripping them. So like they're kind of, not that the supply is low yet, but I would think that there's maybe like 30, 40, no, probably less than 40K, probably like 35K, 30K left if I'm mm -hmm. just doing like an educated guess. Mm -hmm. So this is like, yeah, this I don't think they're going to get lower than 200, you know? Maybe they do, but like if MSRP is 140, paying 200 nah, is dude, really I, not that bad as far as MetaZoo standards go. I, I don't think they go below 200 just by nature of how many like small stores and stuff were marking them up well above msrp i mean oh, yeah. a lot of a lot of people were just like buying them around 200 like to start with or or you know like i feel like well, what was interesting was there before the, the week before they launched when they were at houston or whatever collecticon i think people were buying them for like 500 or 600 to like overnight them um i know argos ripped yeah, one like yeah, that price did. but that was for <laughs> like his content which is understandable uh -huh. but i think he argos made a really good point which was that he thought that Nightfall would do kind of the opposite of what Cryptid Nation did, where it kind of starts high and ends low. 
And that's pretty much exactly what we've seen, which is it starts high because no one has it in their hands. The The stuff hasn't shipped out. It was only available at the convention. Um, and it, it started to end low because so many people now are getting it. But I will say the one, my biggest issue with the Nightfall release, and I know Mike is working tirelessly on this because he he calls himself out on it, you know, um, which is that the release is like not as consistent as it should be, meaning I get my booster boxes like three or four weeks after some of the other people I know on Instagram, you know? Like I think if it's like, if we're talking like international versus like in the US, I can understand like delays. Cause I know even people in Australia and UK and stuff like haven't gotten some of their stuff. But if we're talking like domestically, we need to all be getting our stuff like in general, or at least some of it within like a week to two of each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I think there was kind of a weird trickle down effect where like boxes were like slowly going down because like, you know, this region of people started to get their boxes or like this area start, like it felt like it wasn't like a consistent launch where we have like, okay, there's 20 or 30K Nightfall booster boxes in within the US all at once. It's kind of like, and I know like shipping has been a nightmare for COVID and stuff, but it just kind of felt like a very staggered release to me, which was kind of weird. But I'm thinking with Wilderness and stuff, since it's going to be so high print run, and even with second edition, it seems like um, it seems like things are going to be kind of like loaded up and ready to go this time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's all a learning process, and I think they'll get better and smoother as releases yeah, go on. I agree. Nightfall was so hyped too. It was like just every you couldn't even get. It was so hard to like get boxes really like pre-ordered like everyone had yeah, to either yeah. pay more or like find their own little shop who was going to hook them up so it was kind of this weird in my opinion like a bit of a scalper's market because finally all the like dumb scalper people were finally catching on to metazoo being a thing you know they weren't even around for for first edition cryptid nation they were later than that they just found out that metazoo is like this thing you can upsell and so i feel like around the nightfall releases when a lot of like kind of you know flipper type of people came on board and so i think that was part of it a lot of flippers pre-ordering but definitely a lot of it was like delayed products like those theme decks were really delayed my kitchen table tcg order like that that was nothing on louis like louis did his best he just couldn't ship oh, yeah. out all the kits because the the theme decks were like weeks behind or something like it was just i don't even know what the problem was but but i know exactly what you're saying and it, it felt kind of bad too because it's like I have these orders in with with shops that I know are legit and I know yeah, they're fulfilling exactly. it as fast as they possibly can, but I'm on Instagram watching everyone open product and I don't have mine yet and I'm not getting yeah. mine for weeks and it's like, uh, it feels bad. That's, that's, that's kind of the exact point I was trying to make and I think the theme deck example is kind of like a prime example of that because there's three or four cases for me especially where, you know, I think I ordered like eight boxes total or nine boxes but I got like two or three bundles, right? And a lot of these bundles, they are dependent on the theme decks now. And as a store owner, I can totally understand where they're coming from, where they say, okay, we're actually gonna wait until the theme decks get here because we don't wanna have to pay shipping twice or whatever, or like logistically have to handle that sort of transaction. Yeah. Because yeah. like at that point, they have to go out of their way to collect more money or like tell people, you know, like it just gets messy that way. So totally, yeah. what ends up happening is they just delay the release. So like you're saying, there's people who have gotten their stuff three or four weeks ahead because 
they order from someone on eBay or some store that actually has, or or they just didn't have bundles or whatever. They only did booster boxes or only blister packs or whatever, and they actually have those in hand. So it, it definitely gets um, a little messy. But I, I think <clears throat> moral of the story is I think they they know they're aware of that, you know, and I think that they're definitely working towards fixing that sort of thing because it's just it's a learning process and it's only their second set it's kind of their first big set yeah um, yeah so yeah definitely I, no you know. no shade to metazoo because like it is really really hard to even create like so many skews in the first place let alone launch so many skews absolutely simultaneously like it's it's kind of an impossible job especially when you're like just starting out and, and doing all this for yeah, the first I think time the so. biggest the biggest um what's the word i want the biggest like improvement that they're going to have going forward, I believe, don't quote me on this, people, is that they're going to print with Cardamundi or, or some domestic printer or something, which might, I don't know if that will increase the price, actually. I don't know how any of it works, but I, all I know is that hopefully what that means is things won't get delayed overseas or get stuck at borders or customs or whatever the case may be. Hopefully it's a more streamlined uh, more machine-like thing, you know, where it's you just reach different stages of development, the product's ready to go, gets shipped out. It's kind of like very consistent. That's what really consistency is what I think they're lacking right now because they get the products done and they look pretty good, but it's just like the timing of things is totally still off. So I, I know they're trying to work through it. but It's just hard with such a wide distribution network too, because they're, they're literally working with like thousands of little baby retailers. And when your mm -hmm. distribution network is like that wide and, and kind of like dynamic, it, it can be really hard to get everyone on board with their product in hand, ready to go like simultaneously. It's, it's just super, it's just hard. It's just hard for any, it's hard job period. So yeah, I agree. Let's um let's shift to tops because I've been seeing um mm. a lot of these tops cereals coming out and man do they look clean. So for people who aren't aware, tops has some serialization in the cards. So cereals are like numbered cards, like one of a hundred or one of a thousand. And there's some full hollow cereals in the MetaZoo top set that are looking pretty nice. Yeah, they look pretty good. There's a few that I like like more than others, obviously, but I think what's interesting about like serial numbered cards is it's almost like some of the NFT stuff that I've been experiencing, which is on top of just like being a serial number card, there is certain numbers within those that are like more expensive than others. You know what I mean? Like number one out of 99. Number, number 69, 69 Frogman. Yeah. Loveland Frogman number or 69. Or let's say my favorite number is seven. Like I m might feel more inclined to go after number seven or pay more for that. You know, I, I might course. be willing to pay more. So there's like interesting dynamics there. Um, yep. And I like that they, ha they added at least one hollow, even if it's not a first sighting or whatever, at least one hollow per, per pack I think was cool. Um, the funny thing I think was that how small they were, which I think seems to be the the uh, sentiment from everyone. Because when I saw, I think it was Jib Wizard on Instagram, he posted he some this guy. I don't know how man he gets his stuff early. Like he gets it like right when they say they're shipping it. It's like there within like three or four days. I don't know how he gets stuff so early. Dang. Maybe he's the inside man, but I always see him getting every drop like early. 
But anyways, my point there is he had tops and he posted a picture like with his his white box background or whatever, you know? And from the picture, it looked like the tops thing was maybe like spellbook size or something. I was like, whoa, this look pretty awesome. And then when I actually see him like going to rip it, it's like fitting in between his like thumb and index finger. And I was like, whoa, didn't know. But yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. The bo the boxes are pretty little, aren't they? Because mm -hmm. it's just one little pack in there. It was funny too that they didn't like, they didn't really do anything special for the pack. It's just kind of like a silver like Pop-Tart pack. Oh, so, funny, funny. Have you gotten one? Did you get any or no? I have I have three ordered from someone else. Okay. Um, that I paid 50 bucks each for, luckily, what? Nice. at the time. But um, I wasn't able to get into the top site at the time, but he was. So he ordered his three and ordered me an extra three, I believe. Um, so he told me that he told me yesterday that they gave him a shipping notification. So hopefully within the next like week or so, I can get mine and open one up on maybe I'll do like Instagram live or something. But That's I'm tight. definitely excited to because they look they look really good, dude. I like I think so too. Full art cards a lot. I think they look, you know, they're like glossy and stuff. They look really good. And they, they just look like a good like display piece um, to, to have on like a shelf or something. If you have, you know, if you have a Bigfoot one or whatever. And, and the hollow part and first sighting part is kind of the collectability aspect. Yep. But art-wise, I think at first I was kind of upset they didn't do, like, alt arts for, like, first sightings and stuff, which I still, I guess I could make that argument. Like, I thought they would be, like, kind of more, like, first sighting. When I heard that, I thought it would be more like uh, you catch a picture of Bigfoot, like, running through the bushes or something <laughs> like that. But it's still, like, the same artwork as the regular one, which I actually don't mind because... Now, I, you know, my Bigfoot artwork is the same as someone with first sighting Bigfoot artwork. It's just not as, I guess, rare is the real point I'm trying to make. But you can still have it on a shelf and it looks just as nice, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, no, nah, they look real nice. I, I knew they would, too. Um, Argos has one for me, so I'm really looking forward to, to getting that and opening it. I just paid him today. He's going to ship me one. He got some extras somehow. And then I'm looking on eBay right now. It looks like the market price right now is about 90 bucks per box. Yeah, it's not too bad, luckily, which I think um, is really good. What do you what do you think are the what do you think are the pull rates for, for like a cereals? Like how how many boxes do I need to open to reliably like pull pull a cereal? Uh, what do you think? It's it's like, actually fairly low. I feel like I've seen a lot of them pop up, but the actual numbers are pretty low. Cause let me count really quick because you saw argos's video right he opened up a quetzalcoatlus mm -hmm. so he got a quetz and i mean i don't know how many boxes he opened okay i just did a preliminary count and i know <laughs> my counting is going to be wrong but it looks like there's maybe like 20 20 to 22 or 24 or 25 uh first sighting cards okay so okay that's around Let's just do, let's just be like conservative. That's like around like 2K to 2,500. 2,500, yeah. Of those. And then you also have the Steve Aoki ones and Mike Waddell ones, which are out of 300. So that's another like 600. And then you also have, there's like a, just like a Tops times MetaZoo kind of like theme card, which is out of 999. I saw that. So we could I say maybe that. like up to like, almost around like 3k serial numbered cards which is what like maybe like 
not 10 percent. what is it do we know the print run 6%? on these on the box yeah, like 50,000 that's what i've heard so okay that's 50, like thousand okay six five to six percent chance oh, wow. okay, of getting wow. a serial numbered card gotcha. if i okay that's just like very like no um, that's good that's good i mean novice that, math no that's that, crude that's but that that's like that's kind of what i was looking for so yeah maybe between five and ten percent chance like on a good day or something wow that's pretty rare dude I was just wondering if, if it'd feel worth it to buy like a few of these at 90 bucks, you know, but it sounds like it's kind of a gamble whether you're going to get one. Yeah, in terms of like the actual pull rates it is, but I don't know, it's it's kind of up to like the person themselves to decide, you know, because do I see it as like a long term thing? I'm not really sure, you know, how I feel about it, but right. In the short term, I think it's a really good product. I think that if they drop more top series, you know, Ruby, Sapphire, all that sort of stuff, Chrome, whatever. I don't know all the terminology for tops, but as it like continues to progress, maybe it becomes more sought after. And as people rip more and more and more, because this seems like one of those products where people don't care. Like, I mean, some people want to hold it, right? But it's not the same thing as like holding a booster box or something. Like to me, at least when I kind of look at it from like an outside lens, it's like, I might keep one or two to like keep on the shelf, but like it's not from an investment standpoint. And I know I don't really need to bring that up, but like that's kind of part of everything we do in MetaZoo at this point. Um, <laughs> I, I don't see it as much in that way, I guess. Seems like more of like a fun product to me. And I don't even think, I and I could be wrong here, but I don't think Pokemon even is at that level for, for certain top stuff. For certain cards, you know, it definitely is, um, but it's still, like, you can't even, it doesn't even come close to, like, base set cards or whatever that are, like, graded or, or even base set sealed or jungle fossil sealed. Like, tops for that stuff doesn't even come close, really, you know? But I yeah. don't know. Maybe yeah. it could be. Yeah, you never know. If there's serial numbered stuff. I don't know. I don't think Pokemon did that early on. So I don't think so don't either. Know. These are really sick, dude. I, I think these have long-term potential. I mean, yeah, they definitely could. On one hand, Meta and I think the reason why they might actually is because, from what I've seen, um, and people in the other Discord servers talk about it, is a lot of them do have not quality control issues, but some of them are a little bit off-centered, or they have, you know, a little dent or whatever. So, among the serial cards, I'm saying, so um, if there's only like a small handful that are really kind of like mint, you know, then that definitely, I think, plays plays a big role. Word, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, um, any final thoughts on tops? I was gonna just talk about like serial, serial cards in general because there's been a lot of buzz around, uh, especially like Weiss Schwartz lately. A lot of people oh, yeah. have been posting Weiss. I know. I think I mentioned that to you because all all on my Instagram feed, I'm I'm seeing yeah, yeah, yeah. tons of we, Weiss we Weiss thoughts and. I think a lot of <laughs> Dragon Ball people are kind of into it for some random reason. Like every single one of them. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so it's it's funny. I feel like serial serialized cards are, are like kind of a, a thing right now. I mean, it's in um, obviously MetaZoo here. You, you could almost argue that like Old Scratch and Red Ink are, are like serial cards in a way. I mean, I know they don't have a stamp, so so they're not really, but we're still told they're they one of a hundred. They are. Yeah, I agree. In a sense, they kind of are, but... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously there are there are two sets now in um, English Weiss that that have serials. There, there's the one of the newest sets, which is um, uh, Sword Art Online, and then there's mm -hmm. like one other set that's like a couple years old. Um, some like Mad Magia or Magica or some I don't even know. All the names are so crazy in Weiss, but um, there's like a second one that also has serials, but. I will say the one cool thing about Weiss or Weiss, or I don't know how to pronounce it, <laughs> is that it's not as, um, there's not like, I mean, besides like the signatures and stuff, there isn't really a core, like, to, m to my understanding, like, uh, what's, what's the word I want to think? Like roadmap? I don't know. I don't know how I'm trying to phrase it, yeah, but like, uh -huh. it's not all a part of the same game, right? They have Attack on Titan. They have, they literally have Adventure Time Weiss Schwartz, which I think was awesome when I saw that, um, they have Sword Art Online, all those different kind of, uh, s not small anime, but like, that's the one thing is it's probably really hard for them to get um, sets to happen for like Dragon Ball or Naruto or One Piece or anything like that, because those are huge, huge brands, right? And, and I'm assuming they have to come into an agreement with the brand or the anime or whatever to say, hey, we're using your characters for these cards or whatever, like, you know, it's like a collaboration almost. Yeah, um, no, it's fascinating. There, there's definitely licensing that that happens there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, exactly. but the funny part is, I think that like, you know, my Sword Art Online deck can can play against your Adventure Time deck. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Um, which is really interesting. I, I think they all play into the the broader like game mechanics. And I don't know how to play, but um, I think from what I understand. You, you can play sets in between one another and, and all the sets are mechanically, you know, compatible. Um, I would hope so, yeah, because that would be kind of a nightmare to... <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, things go in and out of rotation for sure, but that would be messy if it was, like, only, like, two or three, or if they had, like, multiple, like, Adventure Time sets and you had to only play, like, those, you know. But it sounds like it's more uh, fluid than that, which is good. Right, right. Um, but then like uh, Grand Archive is another game that is going to, they're saying they're going to do the serial cards. Um, mm -hmm. we had that news about serial magic cards coming soon. We don't really know exactly what that's going to look like, but we've got some of those, uh, on the horizon, potentially another game I saw is Argent Saga. I'm not into it. I, I don't know anything about it really, but I've heard I think a few Argos people. Argos isn't in this voice call. I think he... <laughs> I'm making a joke. I think he like collected Ar Argent Saga like heavily before. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. Oh, I think you're right. I think he does have some Argent Saga stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, I went back and watched some of his videos randomly. Oh, funny. Just because I was like interested in hearing what it was about. So shout out Argos. Go go digging through his YouTube history. So they have serial cards too. They have like one of a thousands in in there, mm -hmm. which is which is my only cool, thing so. is like I don't know how how I. I don't know how I feel about like serial cards really. Like I don't feel like they're necessary for like a main set of things, but mm -hmm. like I'm not against it, right? I don't really care because I'm a collector, but it does seem kind of weird for someone like, I don't know, like why don't you just like tweak the pull rates, you know? I guess it's just like that serial, like numbered, seeing it on the card is like in in style right now, you know? Yeah, no, it's a the fascinating. NFTs, like I was saying, like that's like, a very prevalent thing like to have like early numbers or like specific numbers and stuff 
Well, I mean, it's transparency, right? Because if, if a card is numbered like one, one of one of 99 yeah, or one of 100, like that, you're, it's telling you right there, like unless it's lying, which you hope it isn't, but you know right there the, the print. Whereas like there's always some suspicion that maybe the print run is higher than we think or like who knows how many of this particular rarity of this card there really is. So it's like the serial is just... It's just pure hot cash, you know? Like they're always it's it's extra free tendies if you hit the lotto, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. I don't see why not. I mean, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't really hurt anyone to have them in there and it's like No, I have I have nothing against it. I just think it's more like a blatant like like I don't know how to describe it. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's like the different it's like if old scratch was serialized, serialized right? Like <laughs> yeah. They're, that's done by the company, you know. But I think to give them all credit for the companies that are starting to do that or have been doing that, it's like that is a hundred percent in in fashion and in style right now, just across the board. I think so. I don't blame any of them for doing that. I just think like for a lot of these games that are already collectible, or even something like MetaZoo. Like I, I honestly hope MetaZoo doesn't do that with their main sets. But I'm not like. At the same time, I'm not going to, like, throw hands if they do, you know? Like, I don't mind having a, a 1 out of 100 that says it on the card. But at the same time, I don't feel like it's necessary, necessarily, you know? Totally. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, I'm kind of indifferent either way, too. Like, it's cool if it's in a set, but I'm not, like, disappointed if it's not. So, yeah. yeah I'm indifferent. Kinda... I just hope it doesn't get used just strictly for, like, leverage. But that's kind of what it is, like... <laughs> In and of itself, that's what it is, you know? It's kind of like to, to add that sort of aspect and chase and like hive mind to like want it, which I think is fair. Because like you said, it's it's kind of like transparency and clarity as to what it actually is. Yeah, so. I think it probably sells more product and it, it may potentially get more product opened up too, which then creates like scarcity with, with like yeah. sealed products. So. I don't know. I think the market dynamics of it are really interesting. And I don't know, in general, it just kind of, the trend just kind of interests me. So that's yeah, why I want to I will talk say about 100% that trend is in style right now. <laughs> so yeah, you gotta yeah. let it run its course. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you, you into any of these other, you into anything else new? Like any other Kickstarters? I've been seeing like a lot of hype about um, like Genesis is another I've random one. I've been taking but... a little bit of a break from the Kickstarter stuff. Like I have a pledge Word. ready to go for Grand Archive, but I'm still kind of like on the fence if I want to go through with it or not. Like I think the game looks awesome. Don't get me wrong. But like just needing to be on like the ground floor of some of these new games, I, I'm like losing that sort of drive just because of how like oversaturated it's getting. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with NFTs right now. I think we should do maybe next week an episode on NFTs because I've been like kind of balls deep into it the past couple of weeks and it's been a lot of fun. But um, I, I I feel like I, I see a lot of similarities with NFTs, honestly, where it's like I see the same things I saw with certain Kickstarter TCGs and stuff, you know, like. And the, the reality is a lot of them aren't going to make it. And I hate to be like a pessimist, but that's just like how it is, you know? Like probably 90% of them aren't going to long-term, but Grand Archive and Nostalgics, you know, they have something to prove. So they could very well be on their way. But I've just kind of like taken a step back in that sense with like, because I feel like it kind of feeds into, for me, like 
feeling like FOMO all the time. So I I just kind of t- took a step back in that way and have been I've been really having a lot of fun with MetaZoo recently just because like going to the convention and and I know that was only like a week ago, but and and ripping stuff open and just kind of like looking at what I have. I think I've somewhat grounded myself a little bit more and. One of my main things, I started jotting down some notes for like what my collecting goals are for next year. And I really want to try and get some like um, more like vintage um, stuff and like card ass and, and also some and diverse myself or diverse my collection a little bit more into like One Piece and Naruto stuff too and just kind of appreciate those things as well. Not that those are, you know, really like they they're always in style sort of thing but they're not like super hyped right now but i kind of have been on that wave the past like two or three weeks feeling that way that's cool yeah no i think it's great that that like you you've kind of re- rekindled some some fire in metazoo by going to the the con and yeah yeah Definitely. i mean on one hand it's like really exciting when there are like a million things and you're like frantically researching for like eight hours mm-hmm. at a time and you're all like excited and your head's spinning about all these different new things. But then sometimes it gets exhausting and sometimes you just want to like simplify your focus again and just like hone in on like, well, it's like a at a certain, things. it's like, what would I do? You know, if I were to experience, obviously it's, it's cool to feel like you have rare stuff and you know, you have a lot of money and all this and all that. But it's like, what am I going to do when I have like nostalgics and grand archive and, and Akora and Med is it, and I have it all just like sitting in front of me. It's like, what, how am I going to feel yeah. about like what I've been doing? You know, like, 100%. I'm not saying like anything to do with collecting is like wrong or weird or anything. Cause I obviously am fully enjoying it, but I'm saying like, it, it, you really do have to pick and choose and you also need to be like genuinely interested in it. I mean, you could be a quick flipper and do what you got to do. Like, I'm not going to stop you, but at a certain point, you're going to realize that that actually is like detracting away from from what from how you feel about like what you're doing, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, it's all about the love, man. I mean, I love that you just opened up a bunch of your Nightfall boxes. Like that's super awesome. I'm sure you had a blast. I literally doing had that. like six or seven that's... sealed in my in a cardboard box in the corner <laughs> of my room, and I said, "Hmm, wouldn't it be nice if I could try and pull old scratch or something?" And you're but like, it's funny oh, too, wait, I can <laughs> now, now, and I, and I've, and I'm going against my own, uh, not rules, but like I've said for a long time that I usually don't compl- complete sets or like anything like that, you know, but now since I opened all those boxes, I'm going to try and finish the nightfall set now. Cause it's relatively cheap to buy a lot of those singles that I'll need still too, you know? Yeah, totally. No, I, I totally see the appeal in completing a set. I think if you really love a set of cards, completing, it's like one of the best things you can do have it in a binder, take it out every once in a while. It also, like, seeing them all in front of me like that, when I have, like, the binder pages, it also allows me, again, I can kind of appreciate them in a different way. Mm -hmm. And it kind of helped me realize, like, some of the cards that I didn't really ever have in hand or look at before. And now I'm kind of looking at them really close up. And now I'm like, hey, I want, like, a couple more copies of this card. Like, I don't know if you, you know the Grafton Monster is. That's one of the ones Isaac did. Okay. Uh, it's like an earth card. I I, I liked it before because it was done by Isaac, but I was never like huge on it, you know? And, and even in general, I feel like most earth cards I don't really appreciate as much as I probably should. But looking at this thing in the binder, I was like, bro, this card, the card art with the hollow and stuff on this specific card looks so good. And I just like decided I wanted to get like multiple of them. 
So there's there's definitely a newfound love I had in that way. Oh, nice. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that's 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 really cool art. Um, and you see the hollow. It's super sick, I think. Nice. It's kind of like there's the background. There's like purple in the sky, I'm pretty sure, and stuff, you know. And then it's also kind of like a light, a lighter color. So seeing like the hollow contrast across that and with the bats and stuff in the back. I don't know. I really liked it, so. Isaac's dope, dude. He He's like a really great artist. I think his style is just absolutely perfect for, you know, the, yeah, the throwback vintage. It. His transition was like insanely seamless. Like with, he just kind of started drawing some cards for Nightfall and, and they're there and they're, they look like he's been there for, you know, for months and years. <laughs> yeah, no, his his style's clean. It's, it's just and real He was the first nice. card that's been leaked for Wilderness too, which is awesome. That dragon looks yeah. so incredible. Dragon of Oconto Falls. So we got that as a spoiler the other day. And I he's... think that was such a fitting like card for Wilderness, like a dragon on like a high peak with like forest below, like, and it's like the dragon of the, the waterfall area or whatever you just said, the Oconto Falls or whatever. I think that's just like such a fitting like title and and card to like start out with. Yeah, dude, it's so. I think Nightfall is gonna be really sick. I think we're gonna get like a bunch of dragons. Wilderness. Oh wait, did I say Nightfall? Yeah. Oh, my it's bad. Okay. <laughs> I've been talking about Nightfall for so long. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Wilderness is going to be great. And I think what I was trying to say is that everyone's like, oh, Nightfall's amazing and Wilderness is going to like suck in comparison. But I think people are wrong. And I think Wilderness is actually going to be like super dope. I think going to continually improve. The, the thing is, people are just like saying that because they're like, oh, it's a 100K print run or whatever. But like, I think art wise, gameplay wise, like, they are product wise, they are continually improving, and I don't think they're going to slow down anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And I even noticed when I played with the Nightfall decks or whatever at the con, like the difference in the way they word cards and, and set up the cards. I know they've talked about that, but I didn't really experience it firsthand until I was playing. It seems to be a lot more like professionally done than Cryptid Nation was for certain cards, you know, like the way they play and stuff, um, which I think is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, like, like the, they're making they're making it more playable. Even with some of those, you know, this card gains plus twenty attack if you see clouds in the distance or whatever. Certain things like that, which still limit you in some ways, but overall, it seems like you can play the game a hundred percent without most um, third wall or fourth wall effects, which I think is awesome. And there's Terra and stuff still too, you know. So right, right. Yeah, but that that was a that was an awesome spoiler. And then we know that we're gonna have Cumberland Dragon too. I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure, like that. That's like a pretty pretty much guarantee. Paul um, Bunyan, Bigfoot. Paul Chibi, Bunyan. Oh yeah. Cumberland and Bigfoot, gonna be awesome. Yeah, I think it'll be like a really cool set. Um, I'm just here for dragons, man. I mean, yeah, having I some dragons. dragons in a set that is super cool. I just think I really think Isaac kind of nailed the composition of it. It's I think you mentioned too. It's gonna look crazy in hollow mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. reverse hollow because it's a gold rare card so it's going to be one of the hollows which is awesome oh it's going to have a hollow and it's going to look i don't insane. know even what's going on with the flames but like it kind of gave me like northern lights vibes which Ooh, i'm sure is what dude, they were going for that's what they're that's what it is you just yeah, you just called it it's like rainbow northern lights bro yeah that's so 100 that's sick. the that's why I felt like it was so fitting because he's like on top of a mountain peak, like there's forest below and then he's kind of blowing like almost like this artist, like the lights themselves. Like that's kind of the vibe I was getting, which I was like, wow, they just crushed it like with this.
I actually just read the flavor text too. It says the dragon of Oconto Falls reflective scales shine so brightly that it envelops the beastie in a prismatic protective aura. There you go. So, so he's uh, like sort of like an invisible. I don't know if that's what they meant, but he's a shimmery boy. Yeah. Um, sick card though. Yeah. Kudos to Isaac and, and the team for getting this yeah, one I think that's awesome. out to us as the first spoiler. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, yeah. What else do you think? What else is going on? We're, uh, can give some final thoughts, I guess, whatever else you want to. Yeah. I think, I think we can wrap up here. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I've kind of been in between. I've still been very much enjoying trading cards and cards in general. I got some cool play tester cards. I don't know if you know this, but Emilio, shout out Emilio, you freaking rock, bro. This man gave me, and I think a couple other people as well, gave me a playtester common card oh, nice. for just playing my first game of MetaZoo, and oh, I lost. Cool. <laughs> so that was super cool of him to do because that came from his personal collection. And I know it was a 10 per spellbook card, but like, I know if it were me in that position, I would feel very like, like, hugging my cards tightly, you know, with those sorts of cards. But I really appreciate him for doing that. And I don't know. I think that's that's kind of the vibe I've been feeling recently is just, like, more appreciative of, like, just the community and, and how receptive everyone is and, and that sort of thing. It's It's been a lot of fun. Cool, man. Yeah. Shout out Emilio. Really good guy. Definitely in it for the love. He he he. Shout out nostalgia collectibles investments. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe. Still like one of the best intros on YouTube for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's legit. It's very memorable. Never forget it. Yeah. Um. Anyways, man. Well, yeah. Uh, I think we will try to be back here same time, same place next week. Um, to talk yep. more MetaZoo. Maybe talk more alternative tcgs next week even too potentially if we NFTs run out of metazoo stuff to talk about but or we could talk nfts yeah if you want to i got um, a lot yeah i don't Not know a if lot of nfts but a lot to talk about <laughs> i don't i don't know how much our listeners or, or viewers or whatever you want to call them are, are into nfts i see a lot of nft resentment in the tcg yeah. community i was gonna I say think. i could give my perspective on that too next week or something okay i think it's worth it but yeah let's do and, that and I, not everyone has to be into it right so yeah no it's totally fine um i think there is more in common between the two worlds than a lot of people 100%. realize and I think we realize it but a lot of people just don't get it yet and i think i mean i think and we i don't want to go into it but i think the main thing probably that is deterring people is like there's so many people that I know that collect Dragon Ball and Pokemon and a lot of those bigger games that they are strictly in it for the nostalgia, which is 100% fair and is what a lot of people should be into it for. So something like an NFT, there isn't really any sort of attachment in that way. But at the same time, I have, I could talk for not hours, but like long time about how I believe that it, we're pretty much heading in that direction of NFTs and metaverse stuff being a part of our future indefinitely and social media and stuff. So we can talk about that next time, but that's kind of where I started to pique my interest and, and get involved that way. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're definitely. only attached to things for nostalgia, then you don't have to be into it in that way or whatever. But I think it's still like, like that can't be your argument as to why someone else shouldn't be able to do it, you know? So yeah yeah definitely um 
Yeah, like you said, maybe we, we'll, we'll explore that topic next week because I think there's a lot to say about especially how NFTs can can impact trading cards. And yeah. um, I mean, like like what already uh, seen it happen. Grand Archive is potentially doing. I don't think there's anything wrong with getting a QR code in your pack, snapping that QR code and getting those cards that are in your pack. All the people that are upset literally don't play Pokemon TCGO or any of those games. So it's not even like they care about the code cards in the first place. So I don't see why it would be a problem. Right. But anyways, I, let's, let's not like. Okay. Just just my one, my one final talking. thought. I think it'll be dope when you can get uh, a QR code in your pack, snap it, and upload every card in that pack to a digital collection. Like, like Pokemon TCGO does. But like with blockchain immutability where you own all the cards yourself and you can transfer them to different wallets and different places and you're not in this little like walled Pokemon garden, like only on their servers or whatever. You know what I mean? You yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll shut up there. I'm sorry. <laughs> all righty. Yeah, let's, let's call it there. Give ourselves and everyone else a break. But I appreciate you for scheduling this because it was long overdue and appreciate everyone else for listening and tuning in thank you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you in the next one peace all right peace you've been listening to the cardboard podcast happy collecting everyone goodbye